So yeah, I have a day job and I walk around at my day job and that's my active recovery while other guys go off and get massages. And, yeah. and uh, if someone offered me a salary to be a full-time strongman, my response would be, well, what am I supposed to do with my day? One of the toughest strongmen in history, right here. Welcome to the Giants Live Strongman Podcast. We have a very special guest today. As ever, it's myself, Daz. I'm sure Colin will be joining us very shortly. He's doing some important work. Daz is having the night off as he normally does, but our special guest is none other than Mitch Hooper. Mitch, for context here, so we're day two in World's Strongest Man. We can't reveal too much, but it's safe to say, mate, things are looking pretty good for you. Yeah, yeah, it's got off to the start that I expected, to be honest with you. And what did you expect coming in? Well, I know the events that I'm good at, and, and it's uh, the first three events, the, the loading medley, the car walk, and the deadlift ladder are three things that I knew that I could win. Uh, so to, to know you can do it and to come out and execute are two very different things. And so to, to be able to do that is, uh, it's pretty special to me, uh, but it's something that I knew I could do. Because before we started, so we're currently positioned by the pool, we've got the fire here, about 10 meters behind the camera is a swimming pool. So Colin Bryce said ahead of it, he was asking you in the hot tub, how do you think you'll do? And you basically said, without revealing too much, even though Brian Shaw's in your group, you went, I'm going to do very, very well. So we were, we were by the fire, and uh, I'm glad I, I, I would have lost all credibility if this had been <laughs> So we're, we were sitting here, and uh, I forget who we were with, but it was, it was myself and Colin. He says, look, the, the most likely outcome is you come third in your group. I said, well, let's say I come second. Well, let's say you come third. Well, let's say I come second. And I ran him through the events and I basically said, I can win the loading race. I can win the car walk. I can win the deadlift ladder. And if I keep pacing the log, I'm, I'm going to win the group. So I, it's not that it's going to happen, but I'm well capable of it. And he was kind of looking at me like, uh, who do you think you are? <laughs> okay. Um, the strange thing yeah, is... yeah, it's all come through. I mean, obviously, Mitch is uh, coming to the World Deadlift Championships in Cardiff and doing the full show. And uh, we've been chatting to him for a few months and looking at his lift, seeing what he's doing. Um, and everyone's been quite impressed with lifts you've been posting. Um, and, and, you know, quite quietly confident, I've got to say. But everyone's saying, what's Mitch like? And I said, well, it all depends what his attitude's like when he get it, gets here. Is he going to be overwhelmed by, A, being in Brian's group? You're the underdog against Brian, everybody is. Uh, B, just every, all these people that you probably looked up to in Strongman. Yep. And then the first night we were in a restaurant and Mitch came in and it's the first time we've ever chatted, you know, face to face. And I was really overwhelmed by, not, not your confidence, but just your calmness. You were really like, it was like you'd been a, a World Strongest Man before and you really chilled out. And I thought, I think he said to you, Raj, he said, he's going to do well because he doesn't look nervous. He looks confident, not cocky, but confident. And then uh, obviously we don't want to say too much about results, but you've certainly delivered so far, you know. Yeah, and it surprised me as well. Uh, in the past, I've certainly got nervous about different athletic events. This is the largest athletic event I've, I've ever been a part of. And from the second I walked in the room, it, I've just felt comfortable. I've felt a part of it. And I think part of it is, is the guys are really welcoming. It's a really nice nice group of guys. Uh, part of it's put it, getting put in a group with Brian Shaw, Janasha, Gabriel Pena, Mark Felix. You're with all these legends that... If you come fifth in that group, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, there's there's no pressure there. And 
I can't, I really can't describe, but I do feel calm. I feel like I belong here. And I couldn't have anticipated that coming in. Uh, but yeah, nerves have been extraordinarily low. Do you know, wow. piling on the pressure slightly here, what your story reminds me of is Magnus Ver Magnussen. Mm. So his first World Strongest Man, he was 26, 27. He came in as a reserve, so slightly different. But he came in and performed unbelievably well, but a calm guy, not an oversized guy. Mm. Doesn't, knows what he's capable of, will say what he's capable of, won't be surprised when he does it, but won't be arrogant, won't yeah. kind of have bravado. And it kind of just seems to me like you're sort of Maggie 2.0. And if that's the case, you've got a great career ahead of you. Well, do you know what today reminded me of? Straight up, and I said to a few people, when you set off with the medley and the, and the, and the York, straight away I thought of Pudzianowski. Because that was obviously, I competed against him. And when it was like, wow, like he's moving fast. You've also got the static power as well. So if you've got a guy that's got static power, confident, and can move fast, that's some combination, you know? You know, you say static power. Can we be clear for anyone who hasn't seen your deadlift? What's your best gym lift? Well, my best gym lift is, is less than my best comp lift. So my best comp lift is 475. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, which is ridiculous. Which yeah. world class. Yeah, world yeah, class. yeah. Well, that's yeah. A, that one's <laughs> yeah. a good story. Uh, I could tell that story. Please. So it was a charity comp. It was two weeks before or two weeks after Static Monsters. And the week before Static Monsters, someone told me the reason you won't get invited to World's Strongest Man is because your squad isn't good enough. It's because I was squatted in sleeves. So I said, stuff that. The week before Static Monsters, I chuck on wraps. I put 350 on the bar because that's what they did in Worlds. And I, I've never really squatted in wraps before. <laughs> so I, I go down into the hole. I go, to, I go to kick out. My butt goes back. I step back with my right foot. And grade one tear on my left hamstring. And that was a week out from Static Monsters. In Static Monsters, I, I twinged the hamstring cleaning 140, warming up. I went, on to, uh, I went on to hit 200, pulled it back 185. I did an 18-inch deadlift of 485 there. Then two weeks later at this, uh, at this charity event, my goal was to lift 1,000 pounds because four months before, I failed 1,000 pounds. And uh, you know, I thought it'd be a cool thing to do. It was for, for Make-A-Wish. And wow. I went the day before the event. It was not very well lined up in terms of my life. The day before the event, I had a, a work party in Sydney. And it was on the Sydney Harbor on the boat in the summer. So I said to my fiance, from one to six, we're drinking, we're having fun. At six o'clock, you stop. And there's a great video of me at 11.30 p.m. <laughs> with, a, with, a tray, with a tray of tequila shots coming out. Uh, so then I, I went to the comp the next day. I, I didn't feel too bad, but it was certainly after a night of drinking. Uh, my attempts were 400, uh, 440 to break my own Australian record. That was sort of the intention of going there. 455 to pull 1,000 pounds. And that felt good. So the comp was supposed to be over then. And I said to the organizer, I said, I feel good. I'll go 475. So uh, I asked him to give me about five minutes. Uh, so five minutes later, I come out and... You know, in my head, I'm, I'm pretty objective with what I can do. I thought there's maybe a 25% chance that I could do it. And it, it moved all right. I hurt my back halfway up, which if you watch the video, that's why I, I hitched it so hard. Uh, but yeah, pretty shocking. So I pulled 475 under some uh, not ideal circumstances. And that was only four months after pulling 435 um, and failing 1,000 pounds. What? It's you, world class. I mean, who, who's done I was that? thinking exactly that. So you got, did, what it, was Brian 472? Uh, or 470 even 
Yeah, but I'm worried about conventional bars. But uh, okay. So 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 the people that have done that is Ed. Thor and Eddie. Yeah. Obviously Thor not in competition. Eddie in competition. Makarov. Makarov. Um, what was it? Payment did it at the Siberian Power Show Payment. with Makarov. Yeah. Okay. So not even Benny. There's five of you that have done it. Not even two, Benedict Magnuson or Andy Bolton, who are deadlift legends, have pulled what and this you was did. And this was done at a genuine show as well. So, yeah. So that's when you're half people. cut. <laughs> got drunk. So you're going to manage to stay sober when we go to Cardiff. and you know, maybe, maybe that's a special sauce. Maybe there. you need to do that, yeah. You've got to get you some vodka before you go out. Yeah. But I wonder if it, there's a guy called Jimmy Hines. So in 1968, the first ever man to run under 10 seconds, the night before left the Olympic Village in Mexico, turned up to his wife's hotel room with two bottles of champagne, knocked on her door, he answers the door, she answers the door, and she says, what, what the hell are you doing? And he says, here's a bottle for you, I've got a bottle for me, we're gonna have an amazing night, I'm gonna have a great night's sleep, and everyone else is gonna burn up all that nervous energy. <laughs> and he said, we had a great night, I woke up, I felt fresh, I went to the track, I went through what I did, I saw all my competitors and thought, they look nervous. I'm not nervous at all. The first ever sub 10 second 100 meters. And so I do wonder if there's something in that. Do you know, I've heard yeah. of a lot of athletes that will definitely have a couple of pints the night before because the theory is take the edge off, get some sleep. And not, not, not drinking all day, by the way, <laughs> but, but have a couple of pints. So, so you take the edge off, get eight hours sleep is better than getting three hours sleep and being nervous. But like I say, you know, probably uh, the tequila slammers and stuff, not, not, not good. I mean, what weight, what weight were you body weight out when you do that 138 i believe on the day wow what do you wear now 141 right okay yeah, about the same yeah wow. not that different and also if you look at these people that have done uh, that that you're exactly. the lightest one by a, by a way yeah by, by about 40 yeah. kilos yeah well yeah. i mean makarov's not that heavy is he yeah, fair yeah fair yeah. but still you know but makarov's all back isn't he he's in his back he's just like this huge <laughs> huge huge back like a cow you know what do you think you could pull Look, I went from 435 to 475 in four months. And I've had 12 months to work up to... I'll have 12 months to work up to uh, Giants Lab in August. So 505 is the number that's out there. I don't know what kind of jumps that, that we're going to be going with, but if someone pulls 505, I, I don't see why I can't be capable of 510. I think we'll probably do similar jumps to last year, which I believe was... We stopped at the £1,000 because loads of guys wanted to do £1,000. Yeah. And I think seven of them did it. Yeah. And then we went 475 and then to the 505. But if someone did 505, would you let me do 510? Yeah, 100%. So the goal, the goal is to leave there with the record being my own. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, whatever I have to do. Okay, so it, to that point then. So let's say, for example, Daz, someone pulls 505. Obviously, Mitch isn't going to want to equal that. You're going to want to better it. So what would be the policy then? Well, no, I mean, you've got, you've got a, a level playing field there, so... You, you've got to try the 505, all of you, because it's just unfair. Because going 506, so if someone pulls 505, yep. and there's, I think there's $55,000 there, and then there's another, then there's a Giants Live do after, let's not forget. That's just the first event. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, I think going one kilo up is not nice for the guy who pulls 505. <laughs> Five kilos up? Yeah, I don't, no, no, what I'm saying is you would have to. Um, you would you would have you couldn't you'd have to try the five or five. We need to think about this, don't we? Because yeah, for me, I think to your point, you're not saying one kilo, so it's almost yeah. You're, yeah. in the same way as you go four seven five to five or five. What point do you say that you can not 
lift 505 and go because it's an acceptable well, jump. I'll, I'll be totally honest, when we've done these shows, when, when Eddie went for 500, when these guys have gone for 505, no one's ever talked like this. So it's like no one's thought past it. This is amazing. So I think, that being said, I think we need to really put some thought into this. You know, that's it. But that's it. That's that's the point here, right? Everyone talks about, everyone talks about four seventy five and or five oh five. And when when Eddie pulled five five hundred, what, what was the record at the time? Eddie's just just in front of us, by the yes. way. That's what Eddie, Eddie, what was the record when you pulled five hundred? Um, was it four six five? I, I, I broke it. It was four sixty three. I broke it that day by two kilos. Yeah. Four sixty five, and then yeah. I broke it again. Like yeah. Kilos. yeah. So, so four six four sixty three yeah. to five oh five, three quarters of that work, or sorry, to five hundred, three quarters of that work is convincing yourself that you're capable of doing five hundred. That that's the biggest feat to me, right? You've got to think all the negativity I had. All people said it was impossible. Hundred percent. You an idiot. Yeah. Even 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 laughed at me. Hey, listen, I give you a chance to do it, but I was yeah. like, Are "You all right, mate? You, you, you <laughs> mentally saying, you know?" But you know, I've come up in this sport in a couple of years, and and the biggest thing that that I've had to fight in coming up is accepting that I'm capable of things that I didn't think that I was capable of. And I don't think you can use a reference of what people have done in the past to try and determine what you can do. And that's exactly what Eddie did. And that's the same way I'm thinking. I'll, I'll 500, 500 to 510 is a, is a 2% jump. If I, if I was having 2%. this conversation with you last week, <laughs> I would think you were full of shit. But after seeing what you've done in the last couple of days, yeah. I, believe, I believe that you don't just, you know, you're not, you're not talking you're going to do that very quickly here's a question so what mitch has pointed out and this is the cool dilemma so let's say in cardiff someone pulls 505 would it be acceptable in your eyes if you pulled 505 for mitch in this scenario to miss 505 and go for a different weight what number would be acceptable for him to miss that and go for an increment up i mean really to be clear to be clear i'm saying 510 yeah i i think five kilo increments is the way forward really Bosh. Would it, would it, right, so okay, let's, let's ask you I this. I love this. Right, okay. So, you, you pull 500 kilo, right? Yeah. And let's say Benny or Jerry were going after you that night, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm only saying hypothetically, we know what happened. Yeah. Right? And then Benny or Jerry said, no, I don't want 500 now, he's done it, I want 505. And they take all the money and everything. Yeah. I think the only way to do it is not that, because it's almost unfair, because he'd have gone, well, I'd have done 505 then. I think the way to do it is have a blind yeah. ballad where you put your number in over 505. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I'm only putting... Well, no, 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 no. Do, do it this way. Do it this way. Looking at what everyone's done, looking at everyone's trajectory, I think there's a couple of people who might be able to squeak 505. I think I'm the only person who'd be able to do 510. So say after 505 is 510, and whoever wants to do that could do that. And if it, if it happens, great. If I don't need to do 510, I'm not going to be a moron and try 510. I'll do 505. Right, so, so what you're saying is we put, we put the jumps in and we have a jump of 510. Yes. So if you want to miss, you can miss 505. Yep. Wow, I'll then do it's that. Op- it's open to everyone, right? <laughs> I'll do that, yeah. And this is, all, this is all also dependent on order. If I'm the first one to go and I do 505, yeah. well, then someone else could, could try for 510 yeah. and, and miss it. Okay. And I get the money. I think we need to put a little bit of thought into this. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation now, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you're out there before the competition starts. You almost need to lock it in. We do, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like you say, exactly. You pull five five and go. Actually, I'll do five ten. Now I've seen do five 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 five. Yeah, that's the problem. I'm gonna need to put some thought yeah, into it. But Eddie, they're they're saying I'm the only person who's speaking like this. You and I, we think very much alike. I think that's wild that no one has even contemplated 
They, they said 505 is the number out there. No one else has even thought about doing any more. To me, that just doesn't sync up with who I am. And the th- Different and brains. It, yeah, and to the point is, the same people that were saying it was impossible. Uh, I mean, but even even though, so for example, when Eddie pulled that, I remember I was in the crowd. I thought, it's going to happen. And then you get there and you go, is, is this even possible? Until he, and then he speed repped. It was a speed rep on 465. And everyone just went, ooh. Yeah. Like and he shut up, didn't it? Yeah, oh, mate. It just went quiet. Mate. And then you go, all of a sudden, you see 500 on the bar and it's, oh, I don't know if this is possible now. And then, <laughs> and they come, it was just unbelievable. If you, that, if you could take 5% of a feeling that everyone had that day, it will be incredible. It'll be, I'll be honest, it'll never be the 500, but it will still be incredible. You've got to say that because Eddie stood there. But it's truth. It's the truth. I, it I, is I, too, yeah. I saw Eliot Kipchoge run sub two hours in the marathon. Is still to this day the biggest strongman crowd you've had? 100%, yeah, 100%. Uh, is that right? Because I, I, I just bigged it up that much. I said I was going to do it religiously, and everyone was like, what And it's, an the, only, it's the only crowd I've ever seen where, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, we've got the footage of this, there was random people crying yeah. in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking. Yeah. I'm not joking. I get that, though. I get how that... that you, it was the weirdest, weirdest it was, thing. It was. The whole thing was... It, the whole thing was mental. Like, when you're... you're there, I mean, my ex-girlfriend said to me, you paid 80 quid to watch a man stand up. And it was, it was, <laughs> Do we charge you for your tickets? I didn't know you at the time. That's why I turned up. <laughs> I'd have charged you double if I... <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to get some clothes on and get ready for this. <laughs> See you in a minute. Oh, so good. Is Bri- we saw Bryce in a second. Is well, he- Bryce is gone. It's fine. We, we, can, we, can, uh, we can handle it. Um, so, obviously, great start. What, what's the history? Of, you know, talk us through what sports you've done in the past because... Uh, you know, you've done, you've competed in a few different sports. But the yeah. natural transition, by the way, is to go into strongman. If you speak to most of the guys, they all say, "I was a former golfer that became a strongman." That's a, that's a normal <laughs> thing. <isn't> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, actually, a, a long drive contest should be a part of World's <laughs> Yeah. When you're uh, anyway, <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> um, we'll figure out the retainer first, but. Um, <laughs> I played ice hockey for about 10 years as a kid, as most Canadians did, and then uh, played every sport under the sun competitively, whether it was baseball, swimming, uh, volleyball, basketball. Uh, it was very serious in golf. I was in uh, the provincial championships under 18 when I was 14. Uh, I was a scratch golfer at 16. Scratch at 16? Yeah, so when I went to university, I had wow. the choice of playing uh, golf, Division One golf in, in America, and uh, American football in Canada. And I went down, when I was 14, I actually went down to, uh, are you guys golf fans? Do you know golf at all? I, I know a little bit about golf. Do you know who Sean Foley is? No. Okay, so Sean Foley was Tiger's coach at his peak. And Ooh. We're, talking, we're talking about 10 years ago, so this was... Uh, peak Tiger almost. This is, this is pre-Elan pre, uh, yeah. golf club situation. <laughs> yeah, right. And Sean Foley was Tiger's coach, and Sean Foley ran a golf school where you went to high school... Well, you sort of went to high school, but you were coached by Sean Foley. You went to his school. So I went down there when I was 14 and to suss it out whether I wanted to do it or not. The first day we played nine holes, me and all these guys who were part of the school. And the best guy other than me was one over. I shot four under. I uh, stayed there for a week. Awesome experience. Just and- to be, can I just be clear for anyone who's watching doesn't understand golf? 
when you say the best guy shot one over, yeah. that means plus one. Yeah. You're, you're shooting four under means yeah. you're five shots better than yeah. the next yeah. best guy. That's ridiculous. Well, I was just, uh, I was hot that day. That's not always how it went. But okay. yeah, so I, I, I spent a week there. Wasn't ready to move away from family. I was only 14. Then, yeah, I chose to play American football into university. Uh, bad choice. I lasted about three quarters of a season. I hated it. I didn't like the culture. I didn't like bashing my head around. Then after American football, I did some bodybuilding. Um, after bodybuilding, I went into marathon running. I ran three marathons. My best time was 324. At what body weight? Uh, about 105. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to qual qualify for the Boston Marathon, which was at three hours, five minutes. My last marathon was in Toronto uh, about four and a half years ago. And I ran the first half of the marathon in an hour 24. Which on, is on pace so for silly. 248, so which I was on fire. I felt I felt good, but as things go, I was 32 kilometers in, completely gassed out, finishing 335. So that was the end of my marathon running career. Uh, after that, I moved to Australia. Really had no direction. Found a gym where they did powerlifting. Then did powerlifting for about four months. I, I find it extraordinarily boring. Uh, won the national championship, and then um, kicked into strongman. So, so how long have you been doing strongman then? A little over two years. Wow. So my first comp was a uh, Arnold Amateur Qualifier in Australia. I won that. The Arnold didn't happen. My next one was a qualifier for uh, New South Wales States. I won that, and then I won New South Wales States. I went over to ACT, which is the state next door. Uh, I won ACTs, and then I did one other local comp. Uh, won that one, and that's that's the extent of my strongman experience. I did Static Monsters. I got the world record there. I got the 475 deadlift, and that's really what I've done. And just touching on the half marathon pace, for anyone again who's curious to know how fast that is, that's six and a half minute miles for 13 straight miles you were running at at 105 kilos. Yeah. Mo Farah wow. was probably ex well less than half of your body weight. <laughs> he, he was a lot faster he, and, and he was yeah. able to sustain yeah, it. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I, I would, you know, I'd, in my in my class, I was at that stage, I was maybe third out of 40 people, something like that. So I was good, but my my ceiling was fairly low in that compared to something like this. Do you feel like you found your calling now? No, no. Wow, okay. I mean, I, look, it's something that I'm good at, but, but it's, when I think of find your calling, I think of something a bit more meaningful than doing well in a sport. Fair. Yeah, so I, I own an exercise physiology clinic in, in my hometown. I opened that about three weeks ago. And uh, I think my, my calling is to, to try and extend the health span. So lifespans extended quite a bit uh, thanks to medicine but we have so many old people who are uh, incapable of their activities of daily living and uh, I want to try and start working in the uh, in the prevention space so we can keep people healthier higher quality lives you know if you talk to someone who's 70 and they can't do what they used to do their their greatest desire is not to be 30 or 20 their greatest desire is to be 60 and when you ask them why they always say because when I was 60 I could walk with my grandkids i could go out for dinner i could walk without a walker whatever it is it all has to do with what they were capable of and as soon as you're not capable of something medication will keep you alive despite you not wanting to be alive and i've okay. seen that time and time and time again it's all about quality of life isn't it, it is what's your company called uh, longevity nexum so nexum is latin for connection uh that a lot of meanings uh connection uh between people and the lives they want to live between people and their families 
uh, between people and their health. Fantastic. So, I mean, I mean, when you look at the guys that have done really well in a sport, like Eddie, Thor, a lot of these guys have a sporting background, don't they? Eddie, Eddie was a champion swimmer. Thor, I think, was a champion basketball, basketball player. And you always think, like, you know, it's better to do power, you know, naturally powerlifting than strongman. So you're building that, you're building that strength, which I do agree with before you get into strongman, but which you've done. But before that, having all that cardiovascular, I'm sure that's, I'm not, I'm sure you're not as fit now as you were yeah. doing that, but there's got to be something in the bank there. So when the Arnold's Australia got cancelled, that got cancelled about two days, three days before it was supposed to happen. So what most guys did was uh, mock the event, see how they went, see how their peak went. I said, stuff it. And I went on a 10K run with my missus. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, why not, right? See if I was capable of it. I think we did it in like 55 minutes or something. It was pretty good. I reckon I could still run 5K in 25 minutes or so. Brilliant. Uh, Which is, that, that's it, a park run, by the way. Again, if anyone is right, that's a park run. That's a decent park run time. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I think that'll sit but, in great stead, especially on a competition like we're at now. The, the Giants' lives are very fast-paced, aren't they? So you've got to be fit for a short amount of time. But with this this competition last best part of a couple of weeks, so you know you've got to keep fit for a couple of weeks, really. Yeah, and, and it suits different people. And look, uh, guys are jumping in the cold tub. Guys are, are booking in for massage. I, I don't need a massage. I don't need the cold tub. I don't. I, I don't need anything. I feel as fresh as when we started. I've exerted myself, but I think my recovery is really good. And then when it comes to things like injury prevention, high velocity movements like running, my, my lower limbs are the, the cartilage, the soft tissue, the tendons, ligaments, and joints are are so much better built up than someone who just has a strength background. Yeah. So these guys, these guys, who come up very quickly, and it's sort of a, a yellow flag with me where I've come up very quickly. Most of the time, you look at people like me and you go, you're waiting for an injury. Like a Luke Richardson type situation. Yeah, yeah. But with everything I've done in the past, the rotational force on the spine of golf, the, the demand on the lower leg of, of running, I think it, it really helps me in a roundabout way. And you take something like yoke, for example, and it's such a huge advantage when you have an event and you can just say to yourself, whether I prep this or not, it's in the bag and you can worry about other things. And the first time I got under a yoke, I was able to do a thousand pounds. Wow. And a, a, couple of, uh, a couple of weeks after that, I was in Sydney, I was riding a motorbike and, and the, the gym was about 45 minutes away from my house. So I put my duffel bag on my back, drive out to the gym 45 minutes. I get there and it was Strongman Saturday. So all the strongmen were there. And one of the strongmen there, Troy Conley, was doing a yoke. And he was trying to build up to his first 500 kilo yoke for five meters. He was at a thousand pounds at the time. And I take my helmet off when I get there on my motorbike, completely cold. And he says to me, you won't do it. Fucking right, I will. I get straight off the motorbike, no belt, no sleeves, no nothing. Get under the yoke, walk at 10 meters. <laughs> and it's just, it's just uh, natural. But I think if you look at my athletic background, it makes a lot of sense why I can do something like that. There's a men mentality to it as well, uh, but certainly a physical side to it. How seriously do you take things like stretching? I, I don't do any. So... That, given what you do for a living, that I thought you were going to say the reason I don't need massage and stuff is because I stretch and everything. No, the reason I don't need massage is because I understand the things that help you recover. And there's too much pop culture around what helps you recover. When it comes to the evidence, massage is the only thing that beats active recovery. And all active recovery means is, is simply walking around saying moving. Yeah. 
if you stay moving, you get you get 10 times as much blood flow. Even going for a walk, you get 10 times the blood flow to your body because your, your core temperature heats up, blood goes to the extremities, 10 times over just sitting still. And that's that's as good as anything else that you can do. So yeah, I have a day job and I walk around at my day job and that's my active recovery while other guys go off and get massages. And, yeah. and uh, if someone offered me a salary to be a full-time strongman, my response would be, well, what am I supposed to do with my day? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it, I don't think it takes that long. So things that, things that help you recover, in my opinion, staying fit, applying general principles of progressive overload, periodization, and monitoring volume and intensity. If you do all of that correctly, you come in in shape, you come in fit to compete, you come in with low injury risk. And I think a lot of guys cut off their nose to spite their face with some of this stuff. Because if you think about the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems, if you are so concerned to get in your proper recovery and your sympathetic drive goes up because of that, you're working to get 2% while you lose 5%. So for me, I know that I can't take care of every single variable ever, so I don't worry about any of it. So what would you do in a, say, a scenario? So last year, we had a situation where we had back-to-back competitions. So how, how would you assess periodization and things like that when you actually can't, if you like, peak for a show because they just the schedule doesn't allow it? Uh, as in a competition two weekends in a row? It was, exactly. I mean, we're, we're talking about the, the COVID situation. We had to cram everything in in a, in, in a matter of weeks, you know? Yeah, so peaking isn't something that happens... You're not not peaked one day and peaked the next day. Yep. So you can get yourself ready without feeling as though you have to put everything into one weekend. Okay. So that competition, it depends how much it takes out of you. But if I had a competition back-to-back, which could happen this year, I'd see how I pulled up from the first one. And, and our bodies are fairly intelligent. If, if you're very sore, it's because you have muscular damage. If you're not sore, don't pretend like you're sore and start behaving like you're sore. If I, if I pulled up from a competition, I'm not sore, I might take one day off. In fact, I'm, I actually thought about tomorrow, and I don't think I'm going to do it. But uh, is it, do they know what part of the competition we're in right now? Can we say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. So, and I can say what, what spot I'm in? Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so I'm in the lead in my group by a fair margin. All I have to do tomorrow is pick up the wrecking ball and put it down. Yeah. So that's going to be... <laughs> Which is just hilarious, isn't it? You literally course, have to hold yeah. it for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, li- I'm listening to you talking. Everything sort of makes... Everyone's got their own theories and we hear everyone's theories. But I'm sort of like... Um, I'm, I'm listening hard because I'm so impressed with you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you sound like you're thinking about... You know, so you remind me of Bish a little bit. Like, Bish thinks about everything. Nothing's left to chance. And that's why he does so well. And obviously, you've got a natural talent. You've obviously got too much energy. I can see that. But, but the natural talent and also the planning and preparation has gone in. We can see that by the way, way you're talking. And there's a lot of guys out there that we look at and think, they just gets things wrong and you think they've wasted a lot of time just not training right and not thinking about things right. But I think if you've got natural talent, you're obviously um, you're a go-getter. You want to go out and get it. You've got high ambition. If all those things line up, you know, the sky's the limit, really. Yeah. Yeah, as a general rule, I think in, in anything you're doing to try to get a 1% edge, there's more to lose than there is to gain. The guys in the cold tub, they're stopping all of their inflammatory processes. If you're sore, the guy who invented rice, the rest ice compression elevation, he came out 10, 15 years later and said, no, actually, ice is not a good idea. 
because ice takes your inflammation down to zero and inflammation helps you recover. That's why inflammation exists. So things like compression elevation are great, but if you take your inflammation to zero, you're not getting what you need to recover. So it's a natural process that the body puts on, I suppose. Why would you take it away? So what are you going to do potentially tomorrow, you said? so. Yeah, so I was thinking... you're not going to do something l- crazy like start repping the uh, the the, the um, wrecking, ball. wrecking ball. Start like repping it out or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. No, 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 nothing, nothing publicly moronic. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the competition—it's two events a day, right? It's significantly less than training volume. Yeah. And the reason guys think that it's more is when they get their sympathetic drive ten out of ten, that is really hard to recover from. You can see me, and I'm not putting it on. I'm, I'm very relaxed. I was talking to Brian's kid before that, the deadlift ladder. I'm quite comfortable, so I just treat it like it, it feels as though it's normal training to me, and only two events a day is less than normal training. Yeah. As we're progressing through this, in my mind, I'm more concerned about getting stale than fatiguing. So I was thinking tomorrow, all I have to do is pick a wrecking ball up and put it down. There's a chance that I might go out back and do some deadlifts. Nothing crazy, but enough just to stay moving, to stay fit, to stay fresh, because... You know, I, I think I've I've been able to tick the boxes on what you actually need to do to recover, and I could take advantage of something like that. Do you know the thing is is proof and evidence is an amazing thing because had you said any of this forty eight hours ago, that's exactly you, what I'm thinking. You you would, you would just look like an asshole. <laughs> we'd, have kicked, we'd have kicked him off the kicked him off the podcast. <laughs> but you, it would just be you'd think who is this guy to say these things? The amazing thing is just forty eight hours. Nothing's changed for you personally, yeah. but a bit like Vim Hoff, the Iceman, he, he makes all these claims and then everyone says, nah, not interested. Then he runs the marathon in bare feet and then he injects himself with a virus and, and all of a sudden it's hanging. Scientifically, they go, well, we can't argue with this guy. So the, you don't have to accept it. It's amazing the situation that you're in mm. because if you go to the final, which is looking, I mean... Uh, well, he can't go, not, I don't think. Uh, well, this is what I'm saying. No, I would, I would have to... Short of you injuring yourself. I would have to zero and... Bobby would have to win the grip event over Brian and Mark Felix. Neither of those things are going to yeah, happen. Yeah. <laughs> and your grip's got to be pretty cool if you can pull the sort of weight you can pull on a deadlift, you know? Well, then, yeah. It, oh, I won't say results, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put it out there. We've been fortunate enough to speak to some pretty cool people, and mm. hopefully that will continue. Yeah. I think what's going to be really cool about the situation that you're in is you could potentially change people's approaches to the sport. If you look at someone like Brian Shaw, for me, one of the things he's changed is the meticulous nature of preparation. I think Bish and Eddie come in the wake of someone like Brian Shaw. I'd be really curious to know in five years' time, are people doing things differently because of basically what you're doing? I'm convinced. I'm certain I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm it saying would is- be good. And the reason it would be good is because it would allow people to do things outside of strongman. The way that Brian operates... He can't do things outside of strongman. And certainly he's worked on his process and it's something that's worked for him for ages and ages and ages. And there's no taking anything away from that. But particularly, most people who listen to us are very far from the level that we're at. And that changes how he needs to approach things. Most people just need to follow progressive overload. You don't need an ice bath. You don't need a hyperbaric chamber. You don't need all of the 1% of the 1%. You just need to follow basic programming, relax, enjoy the process, get stuck into the community, have a laugh and, and enjoy your training. I do have one question for you. Is if I'm doing a manual job, someone like Mark Felix actually, but if I'm doing a manual job and I'm battered, yeah. the idea of getting into the gym and, do, and putting together progressive overload becomes increasingly difficult. What would you say to anyone like that who's possibly watching or listening? 
Well, it's about it's about load and intensity management, and so that's certainly a challenge. Particularly, not so much if your job is physical, but if it changes a lot in physical demand. So, if your job is very physical, you have to you have to account for that in your overall volume of training. But it's it's interesting. The first the first way that they found out that exercise was good for your health is comparing postmen and postmen who walked versus postmen who drove in the car. And that was the first large study, the, the U.S. Postal Service, the, large, the first large study to show that the people who walked were healthier. There's now been subsequent research that your job actually doesn't contribute to your health as much as you think. And I would, I would form a, a small correlation with the strength there as well. I don't think just because you're a mover or, or a, whatever you call it in London, someone who moves, moves people's houses, I'm not convinced that that would make you a great strongman. It might help you with certain elements of it, but no job has you lifting hundreds of kilos like you're expecting yourself to in the gym. So then you take a huge volume of, of occupational work, <clears throat> huge volume of work day to day, and you just have to account for that in your training. So maybe instead of a three by one, you do a one by one. Maybe instead of a three by 10, you do a three by five. You drop down the total volume, except that your body's taking on a, a big load. And you could, you could progressively overload things in a lot of ways. Progressively overloading is not increasing the weight every single week. Progressively overloading could be changing the tempo. It could be changing the rep range. It could be changing any variety. It could go from a, you could work yourself from a, a 20 inch to an 18 inch to a 16 inch all the way down to a standard deadlift. There's a lot of ways to progressively overload that don't just keep pounding you and pounding you and pounding you. And then we get into the conversation about periodization. Mate, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm, I'm a believer. <laughs> there's, I'm a be there's nothing to believe in. And, and that's the thing. It's just, it's just an accurate representation of the evidence. And unfortunately, we're at a stage when I come in and say fairly reasonable things that are extremely well supported. And everyone's stunned that I don't believe in the things that are so new and so unsupported, whether because they're not true or because they haven't been studied. And I say, well, maybe some of that's true, but we don't know what is true. You're coming with a reasonable approach, and in today's age, that's now revolutionary. Well, I mean, you have the best case study, and so far, you're doing great. So, I mean, to wrap this up, you, the people at home know where we are. We're on day two of the heats. Yeah. What is the goal now? Well, can I, can I change the question slightly? Okay. What would success look like, given where we are now? It's already yeah. been done. It's already been done. Yeah. Making it, making it to the finals is more successful. I was less confident in making it to the finals than I am in pulling 505 in August. Oh, this is so exciting, oh, wow. mate. This so, is so exciting. You know, if I was if I was oh, if I was right. projecting what I'm capable of, <clears throat> I'd put myself somewhere around third and fourth. And that could be first, that could be seventh. Yeah. You know, and Okay, and just um, can you imagine I don't maybe you did imagine it 12 months ago. If I said, Mitch, by the way, just so you know, in 2022, you're going to be on the podium of World's Strongest Man and you're going to break the world deadlift record. <laughs> I mean, that is just ridiculous. Yet here uh, we are. There's, there's a part of me, and it comes across very accurately, that I, I don't, I think people who come out with a lot of bravado and, and are arrogant, I think they're almost trying to convince themselves of it, that they're capable of something. I just feel that I am. And I don't need to throw it out there. It's just, it's just a feeling, and I've had that feeling for a long time. Yeah, I, I certainly don't find you arrogant. No, I don't. I, I don't. I, I, but I find you very confident. And I think any of these guys that have done incredible things, I'm not just about strongman. I'm not about anyone that's done anything incredible in business, in, in life, really, have got a little something in their mind to think, I can do this. You know, I can do this. And if you ask them, they say, yeah, of course I can do it. They're not going to, you know, but that, that, that's, it's not 
it's not bragging if you can do it, is it? Absolutely. Mitch, can we have another? Can we? Can you come on this podcast again ahead of Cardiff? Because we need to have another one of these conversations. Because this is this is. I think people listening to this will just go flipping act. And the, the gutting thing is, we can't say exactly what's happened to this point. But yeah, please. So really cool, really cool. You guys should do this as well. On my on my YouTube channel, about ten days ago. Yeah. I put out a video called um, "Event by Event Analysis." Okay. Right. And, and I've very happily put out there what I thought I was capable of in each event. Go oh, back. okay. Right. Go back and watch that okay. and, and, and look how close I am. We're going to give Nev some work to do. So Nev's basically the mastermind behind this. Take a look at this link now because you can now see the video that this man created where he's predicted what he's now ultimately partway through bring to reality is what I'm going to say. Let, let's get you back on. After the final. Yes. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Mitch, that was flipping first class. Great to chat to you. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. Appreciate it. We've had our differences in the past. Is it bum bag or is it fanny pack? We're two powerful nations with a special relationship. For one night only, that special relationship ends. UK versus USA. Who is the strongest nation? Who is right? The strong men decide. World's Strongest Nation, 18th of November, MS Bank Arena, Liverpool. Tickets at giants-live.com. By the way, it's us. We're right. It's bumbag. Of course.